Good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 308 of Film Bastards. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster. What about people and, listening in the afternoon? And uh, as ever, I am joined by... Interruption. What was that? You didn't say good afternoon. What about people listening in the afternoon? I'm pretty sure I did. You didn't. You said good morning, good evening. Good afternoon and welcome. <laughs> um, Becky, hello, everybody. <laughs> and Ian. Hi. And what do we have this week? What do we have? We have uh, Ari Aster's new film, Midsummer. Uh, we have some trailer chat. We have some what we've been watching. Uh, we don't have what we do in the shadows because I'm going to be able to watch it. Uh, and we have some other bits that we'll get into, some questions and stuff like that. Um, Ian, news. What's been happening this week? Well, well before we do that, I've just got through two bottles of Heineken during our Patreon thing. <laughs> so while I get another two bottles of Heineken, why don't you give the non-patrons a little fucking taste of what we just talked about and they, they missed? So what did we talk about? We talked about, we talked about Disney Life, didn't we? Uh, which is going to be, which is, is what actually is out there now. Uh, are you all right, Ian? Uh, we talked about Disney Life. Uh, I, think, I, think, I don't know. I think he may have just fallen through a planet that window. Uh, but he's, he's, he's either dying or he's just getting his mouth. He's muted us. I don't know. He's probably listening to his AirPods right now thinking, I'm not fucking dead. <laughs> um, so he was talking about Disney Life um, because that actually exists now. It's the precursor of Disney Plus. Uh, and it's like four, five ninety nine, And we've seen there's quite a lot of decent actual family films on that um, and we were going to file out with so we can watch Robin just, just literally Robin Hood and sort of in the stone I want to watch the Mighty Ducks movies because I I don't care okay. if the high school musical movies are on there I might get they are <laughs> I like the high school movies they're alright musical yeah. movies I saw all three of those at the cinema okay, they're on the Disney channel they also did a cinema recently it's I took, I, took my, I took our daughter to see them I I did. I did. I did. To see what? High School Musical. Yep. Oh, you fucking love those films. Yes, I do. <laughs> Ian, what happened while you were in the kitchen or wherever you were getting your beer from? There was a loud crash and we were concerned for you. Yeah, my um, the door handle in my living room just fell off. Oh. Because I, I have the, the strength of four and the fucking subtlety of a bull in a china shop. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, news, Ian. What have we got? Okay, so yeah, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Um, Universal apparently don't believe in a The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot starring heist film enough. Yeah. And so Netflix what? are releasing it. What yes. the fuck? That's a really odd one. That it, it seems a little bit like The Rock would be no. No, The Rock don't do that. The Rock goes cinema, or The Rock don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne, The Rock Johnson. Well, yeah, Ryan Reynolds, fine. I think he 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 would be like, do you know what? I'm fine. This isn't this isn't Deadpool. I can get I can get behind the fact that it's going to be on Netflix. Gal Gadot, same. She's Wonder Woman, and currently, right or wrong, beyond that, frankly, don't. Really 
really care that much. Which, which, which is which is this, right. Uh, it's called Red Notice. It's um, the latest one from the guy who wrote and directed uh, Dodgeball and uh, Skyscraper. Um, and Central Intelligence he directed. So the rock's in with him pretty hardcore. Rawson, uh, Marshall, Thurber. Thurber, yeah. The thing is, Skyscraper um, and Central Intelligence, I think it, there's a Central Intelligence sequel coming out, I think, next year, isn't there? I was, oh, well, I look forward to that. I didn't know that. Uh, I'm sure there's a show I'm saying something about it. And um, Skyscraper did decent money. Yeah, it does seem an odd one, to be fair, because Dwayne Johnson can... I mean, he can, he can open a movie. Do, 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 I, I, I have a minor theory about this. That, that they were going to release it, that the release date they had for it, they were like, right, we're going to release it at this point, and The Rock's gone, I'm busy. I can't do the usual press tour thing. Mm. So I'm busy for that. And they've gone, shit, we are nothing without The Rock in a press tour. <laughs> Just Netflix it, Netflix it. <laughs> You've still got The Rock in your movie, though. Yeah, but it, I think part of the whole Rock thing is the fact that he gets people G'd up for it. Yeah. You know, and while we're talking about press tours, um, can we all celebrate the wonder of Jake Gyllenhaal during the Spider-Man Far From Home press tour? <laughs> it's been fun, hasn't it? Yeah, and the fact that he is literally terrified <laughs> almost daily, Tom Holland. The shots where Tom Holland's looking at him talking, it's just like... <laughs> Well, him, him, him being really into Sean Paul in that Radio 1 thing was amazing. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the Benedict uh, Cabbage Patch thing. Yeah. That's not the thing. You've not seen it, where yeah. he basically um, tells the story of how Benedict Cumberbatch is actually Benedict Cabbage Patch, uh, and he's one of the Cabbage Patch kids that was like that was a little bit more intelligent than the rest and was pushed out, went to Hollywood, started in auditions and started doing this. And he's telling us all this massive story, and Tom Holland literally just doesn't know what to do. Have you seen all the clips of him um, scaring him as well? No. Like, literally sat there and they'll be, what is it? And Tom Holland will go get a drink and he'll just go, Rah! And he goes, oh my God, you stop doing that to me? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like John Hall's just decided, fuck it. Yeah. I don't get to be in these type. I, I don't want to be, I don't get to be in these type of movies that often. So I'm just going to go with this. That's it. I, I, I think that's exactly it. It's like, he obviously really, really enjoys Tom Holland's company. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, yes, it does look like he's been weirding Tom Holland out, but it looks like those two actually genuinely have a good time together. And yeah, I, I, I think that's it. it. It is. He knows that he probably won't go in these, like, be a star in these films because he doesn't want to shut, sign a multi-film contract. But he'll happily do one and have the time of his life on the fucking press tour. Cause like him on Instagram, yeah. like all the fucking videos that he's been posting of all the places he's been traveling. And just the fact that he just seems to enjoy being a world traveler and he's getting to do it for free. Yeah. Did you see one of him in his Mysterio? Yeah. Help, trying to eat breakfast. Yeah. That's <laughs> going, fucking brilliant. Shit. <laughs> nothing but he's not like in the Mysterio outfit. He's just in like his normal clothes with the Mysterio outfit on. It's a good costume, actually. That I know. Oh, you've got all the stuff. His cat. You are. You've got all the stuff in his cat as well. He's an odd chap. This is Fluffelstilkin. <laughs> I I I I don't know. I mean, like he's odd, and yet he got dressed by Tom Ford for an entire film once. Yeah. So, I mean, that dude, for me, is, like, just living the best life. 
Tom, Tom Ford actually has a lipstick that is called JG. Yeah. A lipstick shade that's called JG. Okay. Yeah. Very that's pretty. That's pretty fucking badass. Because he says that JG uh, Lenore should be on everybody's lips at all times. Can't. Can't fucking disagree with that. And I mean, but I mean, like Red Notice. It it it's interesting though because it's like. What the fuck made Universal just go, nah, you're all right? Because it's not that they've made it and then sold it to Netflix. It's basically that Universal, for some reason, said, you know what, nah, we're going to pass. And then Netflix have gone, yeah, all right, we'll take it. And, I mean, Skyscraper did okay, but, you know, I mean, that film was supposed to be bigger than it actually was. Yeah. Um, And um, it's... I mean, it was a kind of a case of maybe that, that maybe there's, there was a bit too much rock. Because actually, what was the last film that The Rock was in? Um, the last big one. Yeah. Was it was it Jumanji? Because it, it it just it feel no because Skyscraper was last year, but yeah. then there was Skyscraper and Rampage within about two months of each other. Yeah. And then you yeah you had Jumanji. He was in that fighting with my family as well, and that seemed to come come and disappear with. I mean, yeah, I mean, in fairness, that film did actually very, very well in the UK, but also he's not in it much. He produced it, but he's not in it. I wouldn't call that a The Rock film. No, but I, 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 I get what you're saying. I, it, it, it was he 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 basically did it as a favour, didn't he? Well, skyscraper could be the last one, then. So yeah, so that, that that that's the thing. It's like there hasn't been that much rock, and yeah, I, I I don't know. Just it something doesn't feel right there. You've got three big stars, and yes, it's an original film, and Universal have had their fingers burnt by an original film starring The Rock and directed by Rawson Marshall Ferber. But I just wonder if maybe the budget was getting a little bit too spicy for Universal. Yeah. But now they fucking, if it's shooting in January, they release this as the big Netflix Christmas film of 2020. It'll be huge. You know, because now it's like they can do The Irishman as the big Christmas film of 2019 and Red Notice is the big Christmas movie of 2020. Yeah. And what what a fucking step up that it, that is because what was the big Christmas film of 2018? I think it was pro- to be fair, it was probably Bird Box. It was it was originally supposed to be the Irishman, wasn't it? But Scott yeah, said, yeah, just isn't finished and still isn't finished apparently. Exactly. Scott says he does passion projects though. Mm. You know the what was it? Gangs in New York took two years to edit. Yeah. It's it, it, it's the CG. It's the de aging. You think? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Hell yeah. 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 I mean, like, I'm, I'm, there's there's been reports of that. It, it it is. They're spending an awful lot of money on the de aging, and I mean, like, because to be fair, if you think about it, with Captain Marvel, the de aging was amazing, but whenever Samuel L. Jackson ran, it was like, yeah, that's a dude in his sixties running, <laughs> and and it's like the amount of that shit that you're gonna have to do with what fucking Scorsese. Uh, no, sorry, Scorsese, De Niro, what, Pacino, Keitel, Joe Pesci? Yeah. Am I am I right? Is it all four of them? It is all four of them, yeah. You know, it's like the fucking amount of... If you're just getting them to act and then de-aging those performances, 
That's fucking hardcore. It's going to be a weird one, this one. Yeah, I'd like, yeah. I mean, it, it, it is fascinating. Yeah. But what the fuck is it? Yeah, it, it's one of those. So interesting. It's just, oh god, that could go one of two ways. It's not. It's not going to be a three-star film. It, no, it's not. It's, it's either gonna. It's either just not gonna work. I, I can't see Scorsese letting it just not work. Mm. Uh, can't see Netflix just not letting it not work. No. No, the fact that Scorsese made another movie in the in between <laughs> for them. Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, you watched it the week. What? Oh, the yeah. Yeah, yeah Rolling Thunder review. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what what else have we got in news? I just want to talk about one thing. Yeah. So A twenty four, the uh, the kind of the hipster film label that also released Midsummer, um, were teasing A twenty four public access for a couple of weeks, and it was like, oh shit, are A twenty four doing a stream? Like what, really? And no. They've rented a series of billboards and will be playing films on the billboards. I don't get how they can do that because some of those films are like 12 years and 15s. Mm-hmm. Is it just, I don't know, is it kind of like some weird thing that if they're on billboards in an area where people are driving past, then there's almost like some sort of weird like gimme that they get because people won't literally won't be there for long enough to absorb the information or something you know what i mean like if it's if it people don't have to stop and watch a movie have they? i don't know it it it's pr isn't it i just it's but i don't know for what aim like it's you know advertising to a social media audience that is already geared towards A24. I don't get what the aim is. I think it's funny, but what is the what is the point other than people talking about it on Twitter for a few days? Literally that. that is, I think that's literally it. No, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe spend some of that energy telling Ari Aster how the like you can't make this two and a half hours long instead we'll, we'll, we'll get into that <laughs> um oh, i don't know but yeah trailers what are we watching because there hasn't been many has there no i've seen fuck all uh, we saw that the trailer for that the current war yeah in the cinema i saw that trailer about two years ago <laughs> i've not heard anything about it and then i think you mentioned something on it when you were speculating about the secret screening at cineworld so, yeah, basically, um, it, I think it was the last film produced by Weinstein. Is that what the delay's been? I was, yeah. I find it on Tom Holland's IMDb, and I was like, well, it's not out yet. Why isn't it at the top? Well, it was made in 2017. Yeah, it, it, it played it played Toronto in 17. Yeah, it, it, it was the film... It was the film that um, Michael Shannon... I think um, was doing reshoots for, uh, and that's why he couldn't go to the Oscars <laughs> when Chip Wall. 
Oh, fuck. And so he ended up watching the Oscars on a TV in a bar. That's right. Um, and apparently one of the, the barmen turned around and went, well, he was, he was nominated, wasn't he? Yeah. And was like, in that year, when he was like, yep. <laughs> that was it. He's, 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 he's an odd character anyway, he's Shannon, isn't he? Seems like an odd subject to make a film about. What, Mike Shannon? No, electricity. Electricity, oh, what? Yeah. Did you realise that, that currently there is a film out there um, with Mel Gibson and Sean Penn, is it? That is about the dictionary. No. Oh, is it like the mad professor? What the fuck's that it's called? Something in the professor. <laughs> what the fuck? Honestly, it's about the dictionary. Let me find it for you. Okay. Uh, I mean, what did you think of the trailer, Bex? I don't know. I mean, I'll give it a go because I like Nicholas Holt um, in stuff. And I think the whole like story of Tesla is, is quite interesting. But I get the feeling that it's not really going to focus on him. And from the from the IMDb like user reviews, it's all, fucking hell, this is lies again about Tesla. Rah! Everyone's very angry about it. So I'll just very watch it for that reason. Uh, yeah, so Becky, it's called The Professional Madman. Professor James Murray begins work compelling words for the first edition of the Oxford English Dictionary in the mid-19th century and receives over 10,000 entries for a patient at Broadmoor Criminal Lunatic Asylum, Dr. William Minor. I mean, yeah, I'd watch that. Who plays Who plays the crazy? Sean Penn. Cool. No? Yeah. No, you said he's actually Sean Penn plays the crazy. And Natalie Dormer plays No Gibson's one. No, Christ, really. Um, I've watched the shit out of that. <laughs> got a different surname. Uh, I, I, I will watch that because it looks crap. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, current one. But apart from that, yeah, Dora the Explorer, the trailer for that, that looks... Shit. I did laugh once, though. What? Fuck you, I'm bang up for that. Where, 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 um, where uh, Dora says something like... Can you say Deliciosa? Yeah. Yeah. And Michael Payne is like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, she'll stop doing that. I, I, I will watch that movie for Michael Payne, yeah, and the fact that Danny Trejo is playing a monkey. Oh, it just looks so bad. It does, but I'm fine with that. The, the, the thing is, I'm I'm watching it from the going to take Lottie to go see it, and yeah, yeah, like it, it just it looks like good knockabout fun for her. Don't get me wrong, from a like 34 year old <laughs> balding white male. You know, no. Yeah, yeah, of course not. But from a dad having to take a five-year-old to a film, that looks like something I could probably get through. Yeah, you, you, you can get enough chuckle fest out of it. Yeah, I mean, like, Christ, I took her to go see The Queen's Corgi this weekend, you and did. God made the projector break. <laughs> so, so we didn't see The Queen's Corgi. Oh, so. God. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, even though she wants to go and see it this weekend, so... I'm, <laughs> not on anymore, sweetheart. It's, it's still broken. It's still broken. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that to her. I can't. Because the thing is, though, like, because she knows I used to be a projectionist, so she was like, what would you do? And I was like, kind of, I was just kind of like telling her, because I, I, I try to talk to her as matter-of-factly as I can, in all honesty, and... I was kind of explaining all the things that I would do. She was like, go up there. 
<laughs> so I don't know. No, it doesn't work like that. Lost. Well, why? You you know. And I was like, but I don't work here. And it was like, why don't you work here? And it was like, well, Jesus, that's a fucking topic, you know. It was like, just, <laughs> Uh, it was like so. No, I'm. 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 Go- it, to be fair, like just proud dad moment. She had a fucking blinding school report today. So it's uh-huh. basically the next few days. It, it is a little bit whatever she wants. She's gonna get because it was fucking amazing. So if she wants to see the queen, and also I'm a, I'm away Sunday. So it's like I've got a daddy daughter day on Saturday. And if an hour and a half of that is in a cinema, like with her watching something that she wants to watch, and I've got to have my AirPods in listening to a podcast, that's fine. <laughs> uh, beyond that, uh, yeah, nothing for trailer. It's been a really quiet. Did you speak week. about Jumanji two last week? Yeah, we did. That looks fucking hilarious. It does look very funny. About what? Jumanji two. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I am yeah, I I am very up for Kevin Hart being an old man. <laughs> Yeah, carry on for that. Uh, right, we'll get into our, our feature review then. And, and uh, Bex, Bex, just a note: when when I do occasionally miss a show, I I I, I listen. What? Just 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 saying. You should. I'm I, I'm being a bit of a bitch tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you are really, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'll I'll, I'll stop that. I'm sorry. I am. I'm sorry. You can't be stuck on midsummer. <laughs> well, I don't know. What time is it? 9 p.m. That can't be right. The sky is blue. This is what 9 p.m. is like here. <laughs> Welcome and happy midsummer. Unbelievable. <laughs> Let our feast commence. like they're trying to make it gross. What are they playing? Skin the fool. Skin the fool. Midsummer is apparently a horror film, which we'll get in there. Uh, it's directed by Ari Aster. It's, his, uh, it's a follow-up film to last year's Hereditary, which of course I think is a comedy and nobody else does. Um, it stars Florence Pugh, Jack Rayner, uh, William Jackson Harper, Will Poulter and some Swedish people, but no Skarsgårds for some reason. Um, yeah, God, isn't it? No, nah, I'm fixing fucking. I want in fucking Sweden. What Skarsgård there? Skarsgård played the bear. He did. Yeah, that. Well, there you go. Um, so story is briefly to get through. In what is it? Um, Bruce Pugh plays Danny, a character who's at the start her sister murders her parents and kills herself uh which sends her into a bit of a depression spiral which is fair enough isn't it yeah at the same time um just before these events her partner played by jack rayner was already thinking about splitting up with her obviously now he doesn't want to because that'd be a bit of a shitty thing to do so he's kind of resents staying with her a little bit at the same time, he and some of his friends are looking to go with one of their other friends to this festival uh, at one of their, their Swedish friends' hometowns, I suppose, the best way to Home communes. Home communes. Um, and they're all anthropology students, and one of them is writing a thesis about it, and there's, there's bits in there that we'll get more into as we go, but that's the general gist, I would say. Yeah. 
Yeah. You see for them sure if that's a general gist. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ian, just quickly, because uh, I, I can't remember. Hereditary, you, you uh, liked it more than didn't like it, I think, didn't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I... I, I, I I I really liked the dramatic build, yeah. and I, I I thought that yeah, like the first half or so was tremendous. The last ten minutes or so, just I don't know what the fuck, um, because I didn't think the film was that funny beforehand, and then I thought the last ten minutes or so were fucking hilarious. Yeah, I mean, with, with, I like Hereditary, but I thought pretty much most of it was quite funny. Um, um you didn't, you really hate Hereditary, didn't you? I guys? really, really disliked right. it. The, and, the, 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 and the thing is, just to say about Hereditary, and I mean, like, fair play, because Mark has always held this opinion from when he saw it, and I believe that's his genuine opinion. Before Hereditary came out, people People were saying it was the fucking scariest film in the years and you're not going to be able to sleep after it, blah, 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 blah. And then once pe- other people saw it and then started criticising it, it and, like, and it saying it's funny, oh, well, that's what Aston was going for all along. And that's something that winds me up to this day about the reaction to Hereditary, that the defenders of it, I swear to fucking God, if they'd seen it, like I, I, it, they would have been the same people saying it's the scariest fucking thing. And as soon as people said it's funny, it said, "Oh, believe man, it was funny." Yeah, I, I, I was. I, I do remember, and I'll, I'll come to the, the the difference in between Midsummer and Hereditary in reaction. I do remember seeing when we saw Hereditary, it was a, quite a busy screen, wasn't it? Uh, and I was. I remember Palfrey being the only person who was laughing from about. 40 minutes into the end to the point of where I think you at one point went how are you finding this funny? Uh, but I did find it funny. I told you to stop laughing. You told me to stop laughing, yeah. Quite a few times, I think. Yeah. I think there was one particular moment where I was literally crying with laughter and I, I actually contemplated having to leave the cinema at one point. Um, Ian, what did you think of Midsummer? I think Midsummer is proof positive that Ari Aster is playing a long game piss take. I do not know. I, I don't know. It's fascinating. So there, there was an interview with uh, Will Porter on Kermode last week where Simon Mayo asked him, what genre do you think... Ari Aster would say this this film is like after a horror and Porter's like I don't think I can answer that because I think he'd be really annoyed if I did answer it and then Porter's like a lot of people have said it's a comedy and I thought that was telling yeah I, I honest I, I it's like Aster saw the reaction to people saying that he thought Hereditary was funny and then thought, okay, I'm going to have some funny shit in Hereditary and then shit's going to get real. 
But, uh, sorry, Midsummer. Midsummer is a film where there's funny shit at the start, then shit gets real, and then shit gets fucking ridiculous and funny again. And I thought it was the springtime for Hitler of horror films. It was like someone had to make a film that it was almost like someone had to make a film that would get an initial Rotten Tomatoes rating of 90% and then an audience rating of 30% to achieve some sort of Brewster's Millions prize. Yeah. And I enjoyed it in part because I'm just thinking there are going to be people who are going to be fucking twisting themselves in knots trying to say that this is the most harrowing fucking thing they've ever seen or like it's going to give them nightmares for weeks they're not going to be able to sleep for days and I just don't get how I was actually apprehensive about seeing Midsummer before I saw it yeah. I will be I will be I will be honest on Friday night oh sorry excuse me I had a I had a nightmare about watching Midsummer and it actually kind of like infecting me after the film and I you know I I wasn't thinking that in fucking real life or anything because hereditary's fucking hilarious in the last 10 minutes but there was obviously something in my subconscious was going which was going this is it's a daytime horror that's hard to pull off yeah this this film could be something and then i watch it and it's funny at the start and then the scene where the two people throw themselves off the fucking off the the cliff is horrific but i'm disconnected and we'll talk about it but I'm disconnected. And then from there, it's trying to be unsettling, but I'm disconnected. And then the shit in, like, the dancing sequence happens, and it's supposed to be unsettling. I'm I'm still out with it. And then everything that happens with Jack Rayner in the third act happens, and I'm out of it. But I... Swear to fucking God, Ari Aster was making this film in a way that it was like, it's either going to freak people out who want to be freaked out, or it's really going to make people laugh. I don't know which, but as long as I make critics scared and I make audiences laugh, I'm going to get my Brewster's Million prize. Yep. Midsummer is fucking fascinating. It's also not a good film. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Becky, um, before I got unleashed. To be fair, very, very similar um, to Ian. If it's if it's an exercise in epic trolling, then it's it succeeds. Yeah. It's if it is trying to be a horror movie, it fails on so so many levels. But I, I just I don't see how it can be. I just I don't see how that can be supposed to be like a serious horror movie. What that is actually trying to frighten people and make a, an actual serious movie, it must be a fuck you to the audience. It must be. Otherwise, 
it it's like you said it's too it's too well made sort of in its its production value and its looks and stuff like yeah, that yeah. for him to just be a shit filmmaker yeah yeah so it must be it, it, it must be supposed to be it, it, you compared it to Hanukkah, didn't you, when, in, in Funny Games, where, yeah. um, and I sort of made the sort of connection from there to, to Hangover 3, that that's a bit of a fuck you to the audience. Like, you're going to watch another one of these fucking movies, right, we're going to chop the head off a giraffe. Yeah. Um, which, which, that's not a theory. They literally, Todd Phillips <laughs> has said that. <laughs> so, so yeah. The, the weird thing is, I, I was really dubious about this because I was like, oh, this could actually be really, really bad. Like, the more I see the, the trailer, the more I see stuff from it, the more I'm like, this is going to be shite. And obviously the fact that I hate Hereditary didn't help. And then the first, the, the opening to it, is that it, there is actually some quite unsettling, like, bits that they do with, like, the camera work when it's panning through, like, the there's, Swedish there's, there's countryside. There's a great shot where he, sorry, go on. When it's panning through like the Swedish countryside, and then it just cuts to like an urban setting. That that was a good flick, and it was it was like a, ooh. And then there's the bit where they're driving in the car, and the camera goes like upside down. I had to look away from the, the you screen. Had to, you had to look down, didn't you? Yeah, feel really like and, and, and can I just say as well, because I think I'm going to forget otherwise. I, I'm so sorry, Bex. The sound of the film, mm. like, and especially at the start, the way it's so fucking intense. Her screaming yeah. is so intense in the centre yeah. channel. It, yeah. it, like, yeah, I mean, that, I, I, just to say, that man, I think one day may make for me a five-star film. I, I think he might once he fucking stops trolling people. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, that's gone. No, no, but I'm just saying, like, it starts out and, and even the bit where the um is it like the fire department or like paramedics or something are, are at the parents' house and they're walking through the house and stuff and you can you can even yes I know you didn't like the hose pipe stop making little hand gestures but the blue and red lights flashing and the the fact that it's they're all there with the masks on and stuff like that it's it's a well done shot and but then the, yeah. There's, there's a lot of silliness going on. And Fat Jamie Dornan is either a really good actor at being just absurd or he's just really crap. And I think it's probably that he's really crap. And, and that scene, that fucking scene. What the fuck? We'll get to that. The fucking thing. We'll get to that. <laughs> Go on then. Go, Go on. on. <laughs> oh, you fucking loved it, didn't you? I fucking did, yeah. I... <laughs> this is not a horror film, right? The hereditary thing, right? People could tell me that wrong, and I could go, I could go. Do you know what? Fine, I might be, but that's what I got out of it. Mm. I got, I got, I found it funny. Whether it was intentional or not, I don't know. I'm not saying I was, I was in on it more than you because I found it funny. I just found it funny. This has to be a fucking comedy. It is not a horror movie. No. There is no suspense. There's no... There's gore in it, but so fucking what? There's gore in a lot of films. It, It's there's not a horror. There's gore in Watership Down. There's gore in Watership Down. <laughs> um, there's... It, it's... The utter preposterousness of it is mind-blowing. Yeah. It is... I, I, I text 
both you two, uh, I was with you, saying it was Spring Breakers 1746. Because all people do is just get horny and fucking take drugs. Yeah. And murder people, apparently. <laughs> right? And the fact it's is... Suicide, technically, isn't it? No, no it's murder. Oh, yeah, no, the guy, no, the, the, the guy who has landed on his legs for some fucking reason. Yeah, who jumps like that, prick? Right? Who <laughs> <laughs> fucking kills themselves like that? What a bell end. And then, and then they have to fucking what is it? That's murder, right? And the fact that I just stood there, the ones, the only guy is the wiggest guy who's going, no, this is a bit fucked up. And they're like, yeah. well, is it not? It's fine. It's just kind of their culture. No. No. That yeah. was, just no. to say, that was, the, that was the moment that I was just like, nah, everything, everything this film was built up, it's just, I'm done. Yeah. Like, the way that every single person other than that one guy reacts, because that one guy is like, what the fuck? You know, and, and, and it is, that is how any, like the, the William Jackson Harper character, the way he's so just like, it's their culture. This is fucking fascinating. Yes, it was upsetting, wasn't it? Fuck! I'm just, yeah. It yeah. Is, but then in the same movie, like the fact is, and, and you can attest this, it's been one of my favourite parts of the fucking movie where I literally turned around to you and went, oh my God. <laughs> right? The fucking the foreshadowing when it goes over and it shows that tapestry. Yeah. And with, oh yeah. I told Dex and went, well, that's a bit fucking odd, that one, isn't it? But then when it fucking comes true later on. Yeah, with his drink. With his with, with his pie and his drink. Yeah. Oh well, I was I was sat there looking at going, Why is he drinking a different cup? Oh my god. <laughs> but it's just a fact. <laughs> but then he then later asks that woman, it was like that was a pubic error in a pie, the pie, wasn't it? And that woman's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he goes, I think I ate one of her pubes. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> the woman's just like, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. It, it's just her reaction is the thing. Yeah, it's so nonchalant. It's fucking... <laughs> she, she's great. And, and, and it's. Ian's going to talk about a film later on um, where um, I obsessively will talk about the fact that there is zero twisting um, in Shutter Island, right? I mean, there is. There isn't. Um, There's fucking totally a twist in Shutter Island. There is. You're, a, you're a madman. There isn't. You're, you're, you're um, but in this, you've literally got Will Potter look at the guy and says, is he going to kill me? And he does. <laughs> But you did piss on their ancestral tree. You put, who just does? Who just, right, yeah, who just walks up to a tree and goes, I'm going to pick a piss over there? Well, I'm sure there's bathrooms at the commune. Why would you piss against the tree anyway? I was worrying how they were sh- where they were showering. Well, there must be showers. But is there? I don't know. <laughs> stuff like that was bothering me. But throughout, the thing is, stuff like that is bothering you throughout it. And you're worrying about, how's he charging his phone? How's he doing this? When you're worrying about stuff like that, when the dread that you are getting from it is it how are they showering and how are they charging their electrical products? And you're not thinking, oh, um, God, is he going to kill him? Because literally, you know, you, you know from the start, from the moment he goes, this is our May Queen, you know, <laughs> right, that, that she's going to be the fucking May Queen. She's going to fucking, this is our May Queen. <laughs> <laughs> but, He's called Pele, isn't he? 
But, but Pele. They call him Pele. Yeah, Pele yeah, sounds right. I, I just think that, that, yeah. that, that there's even really, I don't know, just the thing is, I, I think there are also symptoms of bad filmmaking here, where, or at least bad construction, where it's like, okay, Jack Rayner's character, <laughs> by the end of the film, we have to believe that he deserves that fate. But he doesn't. And no, I mean, that's what I'm saying. But the thing is, the film is twisting itself in knots. And so it adds a completely superfluous subplot, which adds about 10 minutes to the film where it's like, okay, he's stealing someone else's thesis. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so, and it's almost to make him a boo his character. And the thing is, I, I've seen people on Twitter saying like, oh, well, it's it's very telling the reactions at the end of Hereditary. Like, it's the worst date movie because it depends on what the, the 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 reactions are. And to be fair, I said to Noel, I don't think it's the best date movie because of that particular discussion. Um, but it, it's, it's really lazy because, I don't know, in the end of the day, he wanted... He wanted to break up with her in the first... I mean, let, let's just get into it. He wanted to break up with her in the first place. I don't get that feeling from her, actually. I went to mention this when we were talking about it earlier. He doesn't actually really seem to want to break up with her. His that, friends want him to break up with her. I think in the prologue, when they're sat there, it, it, and like that conversation where he's like, well, yeah, I can come round. And then it's, uh, you know, just like later on, it's like, how, how long have you been together? It's like four years. It's, yeah. it's like... But so obviously that accident happened less than a year beforehand. So it's like it's more than three years into their relationship, and he's saying, "Yeah, well, I can come round." There's, there's, you know, I don't think there's something right there. But so okay, and he he sticks with her because of the 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 trauma, mm. which, which I mean, I I don't know. To be fair, I think is a. In a way, in a way, is a selfless thing to do because it's like you know, it, it's I'm I'm staying with you because you have been through this, um, and then through the film, he's basically drugged into fucking that other woman. Yeah, because he does like like there is a little flicker of like like shit. Okay, she's in, into me. All right, then fine. But then nothing else comes of it, and then he's basically he's fucked. His eye, like his eyes, are dilated. He's been having all this shit pummeled in his face and whatnot, and you know, and it just—I'll be honest. By the end of the film, I think you could read the film as a very reductive "bitches be crazy" read on why she decided to do that. Yeah, and I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm saying that Aster has not developed that, despite a two and a half hour runtime, has not developed that well enough for me to fucking agree that that is, yes, okay, burn him. I think the thing is with her, though, she's she's she's, she's drunk the Kool-Aid. So she, she looks at it and she weighs up her options. I can go back to the US with this guy. And we can we can sort of go do that whole thing and he will be the only person I have because my family's dead and all of this group of friends that I've been hanging around with because of him are also now dead. Or I can stay here and I can reject all of my previous life and this can be my family now. And these are pe- these are people who, who quite literally feel and mimic my pain. Yeah. 
because yeah. they, they do they do like the whole thing they feel and mimic everybody's pain yeah. which is almost a form of like weird mockery to get people to shut up yeah and I it's, thought about it's, it's like it's like when people um sort of have a t- tantrum back at their toddler in the supermarket yeah. to stop them doing it that, that that's exactly what I thought when I was watching it, it, it is a bit more more like that um the weird thing is that I didn't it's two and a half hours long and I didn't I didn't it didn't feel too long for me it, there's a lot you could take out of it yeah but I never got I never got bored throughout it but, well, yeah, I was going to say that. It's obviously done something right, because it doesn't feel like it's going to have a, a lot of it was just just reveling in the utter ridiculousness of it. There was a point where I actually pointed at you and went, went why is that girl wearing a fucking a, an ankle yeah, support? Yeah, that was weird. That's mental. Yeah. Well, well there's one that we were like, what the fuck are, what the fuck are these bits about? Because they're clearly just not finished up on these. There's the scissors and the baby. Yeah, there's the scissors on the baby thing, which the, which somebody has pussied out of. Yeah, there's a cut. There's, there's a there's a cut where something happens, necessarily to the baby, but there's a threat made on the baby or something like that. Because there's a pointed moment where they put the scissors underneath mm. the baby's what is it, and then nothing ever happens yeah. of it. And then yeah, and the then ankle and the ankle support, which okay. is just weird. I gotta say, I I. For a two and a half hour film, the fact that I only checked my watch with about 25 minutes to go, fair play. This film, on a rewatch, now you know everything that's ha- going to happen, on a rewatch will feel five hours old, uh, long. Yeah, true. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. One thing I do want to say as well is this this film was made probably ten times more enjoyable by the collective audience reaction. Oh my God, yes. Our audience were in fucking hysterics. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I wish mine were. Oh, the, honestly, it was quite a busy screen as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and the, I, I think we, we, we sat right at the front, weren't we? Yeah. But literally, <laughs> there was a lot. I would say everybody. And when we left, everybody was still laughing, apart from two people who looked really pissed off that everybody else had been <laughs> laughing. Honestly. Um, I, 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 I felt like saying to them, you, you used the phrase, drink the cool if people don't find that amusing, that film amusing, and try and explain the the dread and the the, the reflections of grief and all this lot, they they have fucking drank the Kool Aid, right? That this to them is when I try and explain that The Hangover is one of the greatest nihilistic action movies of all time, and people look at me like I'm mental because it's Todd Phillips, right? There's more nihilism in in the Hangover sequels than there is in this, and he's trying to be nihilistic, and there's no nihilism in it whatsoever. <laughs> and I got I, I, I got to say as well, I mean, it this is fucking fascinating. Um, so Midsummer in the UK opened on including previews eight hundred and twelve grand. Hereditary opened on 1.9 million, and this was more heavily publicised, I think. Uh, yeah, it, it, but, it, yeah, yeah. But it does. It, it, it was weird because our, our screen was really busy. It was a very small screen. It was a small screen, but still, I think we saw Hereditary on a small screen. Mm. But it was it was busy, and it was like a fucking Tuesday night. I don't know. It it, it just it's. I don't know. It's a two and a half hour long horror I, I, film released I, in fucking July. I think that's it. I think the fact that it's two and a half hours long. Why did they not release it over midsummer? Well, there is that. 
It's in June. Why not release it in June? Uh, because I think it would clash with big movies. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I just back to for the people laughing. It started off with like a few like little sort of titters here and there, didn't it? And then just gradually it fucking swelled. It's like it's like you know when someone laughs and then you laugh and then you both catch each other's bug and it just gets more and more. Literally during during the the the, the, the sex scene, <laughs> it was honestly I. I don't think I have been in an audience that laughed that much in a, a film. And we've been <laughs> yeah. seeing outright comedies. Yeah. It's, 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 when, it's when that woman walks up to him and then just places her hands on his ass and then starts pumping away. Literally. Well, before that, though, when the other one sort of bends down right next to the, the girl's face. Oh, shit, and she's singing. And yeah, just like, oh. singing away. Like, like, you have to know it's just it's she's just, genie up almost she is yeah literally like, at, at that moment you're looking at it going this could be it if you right use one of those fucking dodgy apps and superimpose seth rogan's face <laughs> onto jack rayner there you could convince people that that scene was from kind of some kind of wacky fucking comedy yeah that yeah. That, that those guys have made absolutely um, just, oh, Jen, and when the when the screen fades to black and someone just went the thing is, though, it's like Florence Pugh looks like she put her heart and soul into this film. Um, Jack Rayner, to be fair, I, I, I think the entire cast really, really worked hard graft to like go to the places that they went in. But the way that Asta depicts it, <laughs> like I would be fucking fuming. I want to know which 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 member of the makeup cast had to paint blood on a Jack Rayner's dick. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. I, him just running around, trying to find somewhere to go. Holding on to his um. Holding on to his wang. The fact that he runs up and he and he goes, oh no, and it covers yeah. himself and fucking runs away. <laughs> I, I just it's. It's fuck. I, I don't know. It, it's a fascinating piece. Of, I mean, I will never fucking watch this film again. You said that, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, I will. <laughs> no, no. I mean, but hey, no. We'll pull on shrooms. We'll pull on shrooms. Ask him what I laid out with him. I, I'd, I'll just watch that scene on YouTube. I mean, that's the thing. That's a good scene. But the thing is, you've got that comedy scene, and then you've got Florence Pugh getting sketched out and you got weird shit going on with people's faces and like images like trees are breathing and it, it's like i don't i honestly don't think you can have moments that are as sincere as moments are in this film along with the fucking moments of outright fucking goofiness yeah At, like i mean like you've got to be david lynch levels of fucking filmmaking to be able to achieve that shit. That's funny, that we, we were talking about this in what is it, weren't we? Uh, afterwards, um, and we were saying, I was saying it's 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 somebody it it's Hanukkah like like, like the, it's Hanukkah for millennials essentially. <laughs> in the I fact just, that you've got you've got those people watching it, you know that that woman is going to jump off that fucking cliff. You know it, it shoots you down to that rock, and you know she's going to jump off that cliff and hit that fucking rock. And are you going to watch it? Are you going to watch it? 
Are you gonna? You've just fucking watched it. All these people just watched it. You've just watched it. Oh, remember, there's somebody else. There's somebody else there. You're gonna watch that again, aren't you? You're gonna watch that again, and you're gonna fucking stay and watch the rest of it because you know not all these people are gonna survive, are you? It's that that is there. But Hanukkah manages to do it in, in just a more polished. And, and, and smarter way. The weird thing is, I, this is it's not a badly made movie at all. I, I'm not saying I'm not. It's the it's a bizarre movie in the way that, that it constructs itself. But you're right, Lynch. Lynch doesn't make weird movies. He makes sit down and he makes the movie he wants to make. And if other people find that weird or whatever, yeah, yeah. then that that's it. What for for instance, if you look at Blue Velvet, it's not actually that that weird. People ascribe weirdness to it because it's Lynch, but it's no more weird than a lot of like thrillers of the time that have just oddity in them. His surrealism stuff is weird. But that's because people are trying to constantly go, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? Fucking Lynch doesn't know what it means. He knows what it means to him, but a lot of the time there's no fucking linear outlay to it because that's not the way he works. Inland Empire makes no fucking sense because essentially it's a collection of just random fucking thoughts he had because he wanted to dick about with digital. Yeah, I, I watch a David Lynch movie by just basically like watching it, trying not to think too much, and then seeing what effect it has at the end. Like, there's no point in trying to decipher meaning whilst you're watching a David Lynch yeah, well, movie. Th- this is part... It, 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 it's a load of influences of what you would call um, auto-directors yeah. thrown together yeah. by clearly a very talented filmmaker. And like Ian says... He will make a five-star movie at some point, mm-hmm. um, but it, uh, he needs somebody to. I don't know. He, he needs. He, he needs to. He needs to. He needs to stick everything at one point, and he. This, I. I just can't get out of it that this isn't a horror movie. It cannot be a horror movie. If people are saying it's a horror movie, it's because they don't understand what horror movies are. And they don't watch enough horror. It's why it's a horror movie for people who like prestige horror, yeah. which is a fucking horrible phrase. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's but also well, it, it's fascinating, it's entertaining, it's fun, and it's ridiculous. And if Astra isn't going for that, then then he's failed. Then he's failed. Yeah. But if he is going for that, then he's fooled everybody. And the the idiots who it's the strong word but I'm yeah. using the idiots who have fallen for it and are trying to defend it when he comes out and goes now nah, I'm just going to fuck about I'm going <laughs> to look fucking stupid and it's almost like he doesn't like those fucking idiots he doesn't want to impress I don't know I just I I, I I just think he's it's either a Bruce Millions thing or he's just drunk the Kool-Aid and he's managed to convince people. And like I say, it's like Florence Pugh watching this film thinking, I just went to some fucking depths. I reached places that is going to take me a, a while to recover from. And now I've just seen that sex scene. 
Or that fucking scene where that the um the the, the, the British woman is saying like what, what what do you mean you just left me? And then the the cult leader's kind of giving that explanation, and then there's that silence. It's just like lunch in a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know it, it, it you know it seems like that it's like i don't get i honestly and i don't know maybe i've got too binary of thinking i don't know but i don't get how actors can put themselves into those places to then have a film that has so many scenes that are f- just weirdly hilarious like I, I mean, I, I think this film is shit. I think this is a bad film. Where, what, so, are you, are you uh, shit? Yeah, I am. Where are you vexed with it? Just quickly, and then I'll let you finish. I don't know. Give me a minute. All right, Ian, sorry, go on. No, okay. Just because it looks great, it sounds great. Technically, it's really accomplished. I believe Ari Aster can make a film that I would love. I, I, I do believe that after this, not after a literary, but after this, I, I think so. But it's two and a half hours long. It tells a story, which, by the way, the end of the film is pretty much what you kind of think it's going to be at the start of the film. Yes. I'll, I'll be honest, no matter what comes in between, it is like, okay, their relationship's not good. One of them's going to die at the behest of the other one by the end. Yeah. Like yeah. that, that's it. And like that last image where it's like, she's looking and then she smiles. Yeah. Great. That's not profound. That's no, just, that, 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 that's just, yeah. All right, fine. That's exactly what I thought it was going to be. And yes, you've got the, you know, the, the journey has some unexpected shit, but it's also, if you've tried to be really, really, really funny but also really, 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 really heartfelt. You, I, I, I don't get the connection between the two. That's why I say it's a shit film. It's a film I will never watch again, and not because it's scary, but because it just feels like, I don't know, it just feels like a waste of fucking time. Yeah. And well, it, if that's the purpose, if it's a Freddy Got Fingered level of... I'm going to take a bunch of money and make some fucking shit, but this time, oh shit, people like it, then fair enough. But I, he, he, I've got a feeling his third film is going to be even more like this. Yeah, I think it will be. I have a feeling the third film is the one that will and that, make that, or break him. And that, but that's the film where it's going to be even more like this. And then the people who actually realise, oh shit, actually those first those first two films aren't that great, will double down yeah. on the hate for the next one. Yeah, that's it. it, it it's got to, it, it, his next one's either going to be massive and like this is incredible, or it's going to be an absolute piece of shit. Yeah. Thank you very Geostorm, just because it was so funny. That's fair enough. That's a fair enough. What is it? Mm. I am. I am. I don't think I would have that. I think I'd just come out going, the fuck have I just watched? If it hadn't been as funny and if our audience hadn't reacted the way that it did. Yeah. Um, yeah that's I am shit, but it might be. But I, but I really liked it. I really, really liked it. But no, yeah, it's no, shit. Dude, you got to Geostorm that. You have to Geostorm that. Yeah, you, so I've, I've Geostorm that. Yeah, yeah, shit, but I enjoyed it. That's, that's basically what Geostorm is. Yeah. So I've just done them. Okay. But it is a shit film. 
Oh, Gia's done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, it's fucking. When he sat at the table, he's, he's like, he's like, just. He's tripping balls. Tripping balls. Tripping balls. <laughs> Give you a briefing about the institution. All I know is it's a mental hospital. But they're criminally insane. Gentlemen, welcome to Shutter Island. You're hereby required to surrender your firearms. We are duly appointed federal marshals. But during your stay, you will obey protocol. Is that understood? We take only the most dangerous and damaged patients, ones no other hospital can manage. These are all violent defenders, right? They've hurt people, murdered them in some cases. In almost all cases, yes. We try to provide them with a measure of calm. Personally, Doctor, I'd have to say screw their sense of calm. So this prisoner escapes in the last 24 hours. We don't know how she got out of her room. It's as if she evaporated straight through the walls. We haven't heard the truth once yet, but no one will talk. It's like they're scared of something. It's all down, all the lines, even radio. Whatever the hell's going on here, it's bad. We need to ask you some questions, okay? Do you know what fear does to the mind? Corrodes it. Rusts it. This is a game. You're a rat in a maze. Who did this to you? Going somewhere? I've built something valuable here. I'm not going to give up without a fight. What if while you were looking into them, they were looking into you? Now they have us both here now. Let me see your face. Let me see your damn face now! Stop on, stop on! Wouldn't you agree? When you see a monster, you must stop it. Uh, Ian, <laughs> what have you been watching, bud? I'm gonna take a drink. I'm gonna get a drink at this point, if that's all right. I'm gonna go pee. Cool. Are you guys all right? Are you guys all right for time, by the way? Yeah. Don't leave me on my own again. It's just dead air. Did you just talk? About what? Um, about what? Well, uh, yeah, Bex. To be fair, you weren't on last week. What, what, what have you been watching? Um. Oh God. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll, we'll take it in turns. I'll wait until Mark's back, and then I'll go. Go on. What have you been watching? I was gonna. No, I was just gonna say I've been playing quite a lot of Bioshock. I'm sure Mark probably mentioned it last week. Mm. Um. To the point where, you know, when you're walking through the city in, in Bioshock and things glint and mm. there's something to collect, like, I keep seeing that in real life. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bit, hardcore. It's a bit weird. And I had a dream the other night that um, I was I was just at work. I was just going about my normal day. But every time I looked at someone, you know, the curved health bar that goes over the um, enemy's heads that shows you how much health they've got left. Yeah. That kept happening in my dream. Wow. <laughs> so I think I might need a break. Yeah, maybe, yeah, and then you played it for like an hour when you got home. You're right. So, Bex, while you guys drink, what do you think of Spider-Man? Oh, I, I really loved it. It was top-tier Marvel for me. Nice. Really, really, really liked it. Um, 
it, it felt a lot more grown up than I expected it to. I always, I, always, I said this to you when we saw it. I always kind of view the Spider-Man films as being kiddie films. They're not, they're not quite as serious as some of, well, as serious as comic book movies are. But you know, it, it, it kind of, he wants to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, and so it, it, you kind of get that sort of feeling off of the, the film. It's, they're a little bit more light-hearted in vibe. Whereas this, this was, it was quite heavy, like all the grief stuff and the sort of imprinting like a baby bird onto Mysterio when he comes along and, and, and sort of try to replace that father figure. I thought that, and the, and the fact that he lets him down so spectacularly as well, you can, it's a little bit heartbreaking how how upsetting that is for Peter. I, I, I think it's just a lot more deep than I expected it to be. Mm, good. And Mysterio's costume is cool as fuck with that weird helmet. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking cool. Uh, Ian, what have you been watching, bud? Oh, oh, shit. Well, I, I am going to go and get a fucking <laughs> drink. I, I'm sorry. I just I wanted to be a sounding ball for Beck. So, Mark, do you want to get into it? Uh, yeah, go on. What, what else have we been watching, Beck? I've um, been pretty shit along now. Should we the ones that I watched on my lonesome then? Yeah, you can do. Uh, so I, I re-watched, yep, re-watched, you heard it right here. Um, Nick Cassavetes' uh, 2014 movie, The Woman, uh, starring Cameron Diaz, Leslie Mann, Kate Hudson, uh, Nicholas Costa-Waldo, Nicki Minaj is in this as well, um, as is Don Johnson, uh, steals every scene he's in, as always. Yeah. Um, you, you, you didn't watch this movie the first time either, did you? Mm. Nope, nope. Why, why, why not? Oh, I'll watch it with you next time either. I might not watch it next time. <laughs> uh, nobody needs to watch this movie, is what I'll say there. Yeah. I will watch it. If, if people think about watching it, message me and I'll watch it for them. But you've watched it twice. That means nothing. I will watch terrible movies many times. That's true. I wonder, part of the reason why I watched it. T- Again, was literally it was it was on. <laughs> was my what I said mm. at the time was I oh, it's on bang. I'll 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 watch it. I haven't picked anything else to watch. So literally right comedy bang there we go. That's why I watched that. Um, yeah, today I wanted to watch. Um, I wanted to watch Mighty Ducks while I ate my lunch. Yes. But I couldn't find it. No. So instead. What I did find was uh, 1994's uh, Street Fighter. Yeah. So I watched that instead. Right. Yeah. Oh, Kylie. Yeah. I'm banned out. Ian, are you back yet? He's not. Um, why? Why? I need to ask him something. So what about? Related to Street Fighter. Right, yeah. So I went to the cinema. Um, so yeah, Street Fighter based on the game Street Fighter Two. It's mental this movie. For example, on Sky, it's a fifteen for some reason. Right. Right. Which is clearly regraded. And then I realised there's a lot of swearing in it. Is there? Yeah, there's a lot of swearing. There's also a lot of murder. Got a lot of murder. Is there? Yeah, and Bison, uh, played by uh, Raul Julia in his last ever film role. Um, yeah, literally straight up breaks like three people's necks in like the first five, five minutes. Fair yeah, it is. It's quite brutal. Um, it's terrible, like really bad. 
there's a point where um, the, the uh, what they're called, uh, Honda and the other guy, the boxer guy, uh, DJ, um, are being held captive by uh, a, a bison. And um, one of them asked his one to give him a hand. He's like, we've only been captive for like a few hours, maybe give it a week or so, and I'll give you a hand. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? That's a joke in this movie. Nice. That's fucking weird. That's hilarious. Um, Van Damme's hardly in the first, like, I would say two thirds of the movie, which is mental. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's just not in it. it. It's like they cast him and went, we've got Van Damme for um, Guile. And they've gone, all right, cool. We've actually written the story, though, about T-Hawk and um, Ryu and Ryu. Yeah. Um, I used to always play as Ryu when I used to play Street Fighter. Well, that's it. He was, like, the main character, wasn't yeah. he? But it's like they went and written the story for those guys, and they've gone, yeah, we've got one problem with that. What? Ryu, what? He's a bit. <laughs> what we could do with is we could do with we could do the American guy being like the, the, the main fucking guy but alright but the story is all, all about these guys but fine we fix it in post they didn't fix it in post <laughs> um, yeah it's 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 batshit that's this feeling yeah it's a bit mental I um weirded out by the fact that I rewatched it um it's 98 minutes long, and I obviously it feels like it was on for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, nobody needs to rewatch Street Fighter. I have, again, it's another one that I have rewatched for everybody. Uh, and then the other one, our last one, I'll let you take. Uh, just very quickly, Ian, are you back now? Yep, yep. So, have you watched any of the new Black Mirror? Do you know what? No, I haven't. It, it, it's weird. I, I, I watched Bandersnatch because of the whole kind of interactive element, but I dropped off of Black Mirror. I don't think I watched any of the last season either. Just when Matt was talking about watching Street Fighter, I just wondered if you'd seen the um, the first one in the new one. No, is that the Fighting Vipers? Yeah, Striking Vipers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, talk about it. Well, no, watch it and then you'll know why my brain made that connection and why you'll never be able to watch Street Fighter again. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. It just it's ruined it for me. <laughs> cool. Um, the only thing I've got that we watched, that I've watched, is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I did Which my, my brain now, whenever I hear that title, my brain always just screams out, The Fourth Kind, at me because of that Miliokovich movie. That's how it was terrible. It was really bad, yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I I don't remember. I must have, but I don't remember ever seeing it before. I love old sci-fi like this. It's like it, like midweek midweek cuckoo's kind of vibe as well. Like just with the, it's just there's a lot of overacting. The children all look very similar. They all look like kids from that sort of time. Yeah, I, like which is weird because kids are just kids, but you know what I mean. Um. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a good story. I really enjoyed it. it uh, uh, yeah, I, I didn't see it for a long time. But I was... It, I was taken back at how just odd it is. It is really weird, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's... 
I think you forget Spielberg's kind of early stuff by the fact that he's become mildly formulaic. Mm-hmm. Or, but, but then again, you look at Ready Player One, that didn't feel as, as Spielberg formulaic. You really like Ready Player One. I do, too. Um, but it's just... There's no, there's no bit that's clearly just been put in there to make you cry in this either, is there? No, there's, there's, when the early bits, the early Spielberg, when he was doing things like Duel and then... Um, oh, that's really good. Jaws and then this. That's three back-to-back fucking films. That's, you know, yeah. three absolute bangers back-to-back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it really is... It's, it's a fascinating watch. You're watching it. Yeah, now. it was. Yeah. It still looks fantastic. The the only markers of it are the fact that you've got the the outfits are very seventies. Mm. Um, that's the only thing that kind of marks it away. It doesn't feel like a film that's forty years old. It doesn't feel dated apart from a lot of the a lot of the specifically the woman I think isn't it? Uh, is it Gillian or something? Yeah. Her her performance is very outsized. Let's say no, God no, it isn't her. It's the fucking wife. Yeah, the wife. She's she's Shelley Duval levels of overacting in this movie. Not quite up. Not quite that. No. But yeah, but yeah, really, very much. Yeah, enjoyed, I really enjoyed it. Very much close encounter third kind. Ian, what have you been watching? But uh, yeah, it's been a fucking varied week. I will I will tell you that for free. So <clears throat> last night I uh, went to the latest Cineworld uh, Unlimited secret screening, which always sets off a plethora of, well, the whole point of it is that you don't know anything about it going in. And how dare people walk out because of X, Y, and Z. And I, I think from a, almost like a liberal film Twitter point of view, where I think other points of view can be shared. If you went into that screening and you weren't expecting a Gorinda Chadha-directed comedy drama about a Pakistani British boy living in the 80s inspired by the music of Bruce Springsteen, then you might well go, yeah, no, that's not for me tonight. I, I, I think I, I'm, I'm going to be off. It's weird. I, I just want to say before getting into Blinded by the Light, the, the level of... Um, the kind of patronising that I think comes from film Twitter about, about secret screenings should be addressed. In the end of the day, yes, it would be lovely to have a wide breadth of knowledge about film. And I think that if people are tweeting saying, I don't want to watch some fucking blah, 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 then yes, absolutely fair enough. But to tar every single person who walks out of a secret screening with the same, oh, these people are not uh, uh, unliterate, silly unliterate, dickheads is unfair and if i wasn't in the mood for it maybe i would walk out as well so i just want to put that out there and apologies if i pissed anyone off but actually no i'm not sorry like just understand that people maybe don't want to fucking watch i i don't know it's interesting 
if you guys, if you were to go into a secret screening of something and then it was just something that at the time, eight o'clock on a Tuesday night, you've just had a busy day at work and it's like, yeah, all right, then fair enough, I'm not, I'm not into it. Would you be all right with walking out? Uh, it it'd take something, it'd have to be something that I, that I would really against for me to go, no. For most things, I would I would go, uh, oh, fuck it, I'll give it a chance. But then again, that is, that's somebody who, who, who does a podcast about film and who watches a lot of films. Yeah. If I was, um, <clears throat> if, if, if I was somebody who wasn't as interested in an animate who's not in, in the films and stuff, and it came on and he went, not my bag. Just, just not my bag, not my thing. And when, so I, I, I got what's out. I'd be like, do you know what? Fine. That's, that's, that's people's choice. If people want to walk out, if people wanted to walk out halfway through midsummer, while when that woman hits her face and the thing and it flails back and you see bits of her brain coming out and stuff like that, and went, no, do you know what? No, this isn't for me. People wouldn't have a problem. No, no. I, I yeah. yeah. So. I, I I don't know. I just think it's interesting. I mean, there there were people who literally walked out within about two minutes of the film starting, and it was a little bit okay. Maybe maybe give it a chance. You've just seen the name of the film, but then again, you've seen the name of the film. You've seen the the, the first scene, and it's okay, mate. I'm just not in the the right headspace for this. I don't know. It just it, it it's interesting because the concept of seeing a film that you honestly may not know anything about before going in, it's quite exciting. But for that, you know, for that, s- that that is my only thing. There is right. Don't the, the, it, it's the same thing. People who are going to a secret screening who walk out, I do think are going because they think it's going to be a specific film. Mm. Yeah. And the thing is, if they walked out at the title card, then it would be like, yeah, all right, then you were obviously thinking it was going to be something else. And I will say, there were trailers beforehand. When the Lion King trailer started, there were audible, oh. It's never going to be something that, that they know people are going to pay I, to go and fucking I, I, to, to be fair, to be fair, this time last year, they did an unlimited screen, secret screening of Incredibles 2. I, 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 it'd have to be something that I actively specifically didn't want to watch that I knew about and specifically didn't want to watch for me to move out to, to walk out if I went and it was just something that I didn't recognise or I wasn't aware of I'd give it a go yeah. I, I don't know it just it's you know if I, 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 I just think if I was like a few minutes in and it was like do you know what I've, I've, I've just had a busy day at work this isn't my speed and I walked out I wouldn't then expect to like to see on Twitter people fucking crowing about. Well, I made like what the fuck are these people walking out of this film? What did they expect? You know, try something new. I I, I I don't know. I just I it annoys me that people can be that myopic that it's like. Do you know what? If I went in with the headspace of. I'm thinking it might be something, and then I see this. I watch the opening scene, which, to be fair, is a very sedate scene 
of two boys sitting by the side of an A road talking about what they want to do in the future. That's how Blinded by the Light starts. And if I'm fucking watching that, it's like, do you know what? I'm, I'm just, I'm not up for that tonight. Mm-hmm. I just, I understand, I do understand, yes, expand your horizons. And it's all, I, I will say, it's great that for the vast majority of the time, these unlimited secret screenings that Cineworld do are smaller films that people may not give a chance to otherwise. And I think that's brilliant. I also think that the crying people who are walking out it is maybe not the right thing. The people on Twitter going, how dare you, Cineworld? I thought it was going to be the, like, there was a big to do where there was a secret screening a few days before Force Awakens came out and it wasn't Force Awakens. Yeah. And like there were people turning up in fucking Star Wars cosplay and shit and then they kicked off. That is a little bit like, what the fuck? That's it. I, I wouldn't There's levels. I wouldn't have a problem with anybody walking out. If I was at that screening and yeah. people got up and started walking out, I would I, I would th- I, I would be thinking, that's a shame. You know, you could give it a go. Yeah. There's that. But I wouldn't be like, do you know what? How fucking dare you? It's yeah. it's a do you know what, if you want to get up and you want to walk out, fine. It, it's 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 you who has essentially wasted your time fucking coming to see it. So th- there's yeah. there's that. And you know like, how many of those people might have gone out because they're Sydney World Unlimited customers mm. and then gone and gone, right, what's next that I, I wouldn't mind actually seeing? Bang, there we go, I'll go and see that. that that's it. I, it I, I, I think maybe it, there needs to be an understanding that just because you have an unlimited cinema, cinema pass does not mean that you, were, you are a cinema connoisseur. It, it may well be, hey, if I watch two films in a month, this thing pays for itself. It literally, it, it is not, not everybody who has a Cineworld Unlimited card is um, Sinister. No, I, yeah, that's it. And I, I just, anyway, Blinded by the Light. So for those who don't know, Gorinda Chada directed a, a director of Bendit Light Beckham, um, uh, Bride and Prejudice, the awful It's a Wonderful Afterlife. I mean, that is a an awful film that I test screened when I was working as a projectionist and was one of the worst films I ever test screened. It's not a good film, though. And I I test screened Did You Hear About the Morgans? <laughs> um, I test screened Grown Ups. Anyway, so um, it's a film which, uh, it comes out, it actually comes out in August, so to be fair, it was like, it, it, it was about four weeks before the fucking thing even came out. Played at Sundance last year, and it's um, it's one of these films that is taking a musical act and crafting the story around them. But I feel kind of bad talking about this in isolation because it's about Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about it further in future weeks. But my, I, I, to be fair, I think Mark will have a lot to say. Yeah, I, I, so, I, I'll definitely go and see this because of... Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I, I think maybe if I have the mic this time and you guys have the mic next time in the What We Watched section... Yeah. And we'll kind of take it from that. So, um, yeah, so basically this is about a uh, British Pakistani uh, boy in the, uh, the 80s who's growing up. He's just gone to sixth form college 
Um, his dad is a very proud uh, man. Um, his mother basically makes clothes, and that's early on in the film. That's their sole income after his dad gets laid off, and he want he kind of wants direction in life. Um, he doesn't really want to do the traditional route. Um, and after meeting a, a, another lad in uh, sixth form college, he's introduced to the music of Bruce Springsteen, and he finds direction through it, uh, through his words. But as the film goes on, he begins to understand that it's you have to forge your own path. You can be helped to long by other influences but in the end of the day you have to decide who you want to be and that feels like a very Bruce Springsteen ethos yeah and the thing that struck me about this film is that to be Bruce Springsteen and to have uh, this is based on a true story to have someone live their life by that direction and then to have that person have that creative impulse to write about that and then for that to inspire other people to then make a film about that, I hope that he is very proud of of what has been achieved by this film. This film is not perfect. Um it is obviously very low budget. There are a series of musical numbers where it's really interesting because the like the the kind of the, the master track as such is blaring in the sound mix, and then you have these people kind of singing along to it, but they haven't necessarily been cast because they're really good at like jukebox karaoke. It, it, it's more that like their actions without singing can sell this stuff. Uh, yes. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. Thank you. Are you having one? Sorry, Don has just come in. Um, are you, are you having one, Don? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, sorry. Um, so yeah, it, uh, the thing is, it obviously, it didn't have the budget to kind of like have live recording, or if they were live recording, it, it is almost them kind of like just kind of like slightly singing the words, and it's just picked up by a random mic. Um, there's a sequence set to Born to Run, which has a tramp running, which I appreciated, <laughs> um, but is also the camera's really kind of like locked off and it's almost like they run to a place and the camera stays in place and watches things happen and then they run to another place and then the same happens again and i don't think that's gorinda charter's like lack of ambition i think it's just like what they had to work with um and i mean it, it's telling that the this is a film that played Sundance without US distribution, whereas like Boho, Rapso and Rocketman obviously had money behind them. But again, that kind of probably feels like what Springsteen would be happy with. You know, it, it's not. He's, he's been quite supportive of the movie. You know? Yeah. He, he basically said, use 
whatever of my back catalogue uh, you want. Oh, and by the way, um, that this this song that I actually that I wrote for um, the Harry Potter soundtrack that never got used. Um, that's never actually been released. Do you want to use that and put it on your soundtrack? Okay. Cracking. Uh, I mean, I'm- so so that's. that's- Yeah, I mean, he, um, he, he uh, basically, apparently, like, he read the script and he was like, yeah, use what you want. And because the, 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 the thing is, it's really interesting. It obviously shows the impact that Bruce Springsteen had on these people's lives. But it's not about Bruce Springsteen at yeah. all. Which, which, which Springsteen would like. He, I don't think he'd like a movie that was... We, he, he's often said, I don't, like, you know, I don't ever think I'm going to be interesting enough to make a movie out of. All I've done is be a musician all my life. <laughs> no, quite. And, and the thing is, he, he, even with Yesterday, even though the film is about other people, it is also about the impact that the Beatles had from a cultural point of view. Uh, I, I mean, I really like Yesterday, but mainly because uh, Lily James is. Yeah, incredible. Um, like seriously, I'm in such a Lily James haze with yesterday. It's untrue, but um, we're, we're blinded by the light. It's um, it's just it, it's a really really nice coming of age film, um, which goes to places you expect, but also in those places, there's one moment, there's a scene where the dad does something that I knew was going to happen, and I still had an audible reaction. And it, it pushes those buttons. And I just, I really, really wish it had the scale to match what Charter was going for. Yeah. But I, if this was someone's film of the year, I'd, I'd, I'd be fully in. For me, it, it, it's, not, it's not quite at that level. But in terms of feel good, holy fucking shit, Bruce Springsteen wrote some fucking bangers. <laughs> like it's it's there, but it tells a really lovely story. I I really look forward to you guys seeing it. I, I, I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, I don't think it will let you down. Um, it just it when he discovers Springsteen. It, it, it's a really interesting way of portraying it and it just the rest of the film never quite does that and i i it, it's a shame but yeah blinded by the light it's a four out of five on letterbox like solid as fuck four out of five yeah. I, I, I just i and it might get more in the future also depressingly relevant i'll say that oh. <laughs> But but not to, it, it's not a fucking it's not a sad wank of a film either. Uh, it, it knows what it's doing. Grinchada very talented. Thank fuck she's made a film better. Like after it's a wonderful afterlife, which is better than that. <laughs> you mean bad? Yeah, when the shit. It, it like that film's fuck. Oh, that film is fucking awful. Right. Um. Sorry, I realise I'm. Droning on. Um, I rewatched Bottle Rocket on the Criterion channel, and I really like Bottle Rocket. Um, it's Wes Anderson doing his Wes Anderson thing, but with less of a budget. I really like Wes Anderson, so there you go. 
I like Bottle Rocket. Yeah, yeah. One of the few that I really like, yeah. Mm. Nice. I uh, also watched Escape Plan 3, The Extractors, which is, uh, yeah, I, I, I've watched the entire Escape Plan trilogy. Yes, you have. I got paid for watching two of them, which was nice. Um, but, yeah, so um, Sylvester Sloan is back. And he's more of a main character in this one than he was in the second one. So that's nice. Um, Stallone and Bautista hate the second one. It's quite funny how much they hate it. They really do, don't they? Yeah. And you watch this one, it's like, you know what, this one, it's not great. But yeah, it's fucking better than the fucking second one, isn't it? Um, it, it? And yeah, so this was shooting before the second one even came out. Different director, I think maybe even different writers and it the thing is this feels like escape plan 2 escape plan 2 feels like escape plan colon something whereas this feels like escape plan 2 it's it's very odd it's more of a direct sequel because it's involved the bad guy is the son of vincent d'onofrio's character from the first one it was a bit of a wrong and and now the son is out for revenge. And you know what? The son is played by Devon Sauer. <laughs> who, time has not been kind to Devon Sauer. Has it not been? No. So, uh, there's not even any point going through the plot of this one. Um, it's a fucking meat and potatoes action film. There's not a lot, even though to be fair, there's not a lot of action in it. There's an awful lot of people talking and leading up to action and then a bit of action. Dave Bautista gets a good bit of gunplay. Sylvester Sloan and Devin Sauer get a fight at the end, which Sloan has been on Instagram saying that like there was no choreography to this and we just kind of did our own thing. But on top of that, it basically feels like the director said to, said to Sloan, every third punch pin sour against the wall and tell him how much you hated your dad. <laughs> so there's a lot of that. Oh man, it, it's amazing. Like he's like, cause it's like Devin Sauer is obviously talking about like, you killed my dad, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, you want to know about my dad? Punch, 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 throw up against the wall. He drank a lot. Punch, 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 slam against the cage. My dad told me that violence was the only way to be pure. Punch, punch, punch. You know, it, it, it just, it's, it's Stallone monologuing. It's Stallone doing whose line is it anyway, but the most violent interpretation <laughs> of that show ever made. I watched the shit out of that. <laughs> just Greg Proops getting his shit beaten out of him by, what is it? Yeah. I'm just going to WhatsApp you something, Mark. Hang on. Yes. Okay, I'll set that up. So, um, and lastly, as you talked about earlier on, Shutter Island. I love Shutter Island. I fucking love Shutter Island. Yeah. Yes, Bex. A huge shutdown. I, I, I love the fact that it's 
it's kind of like a sister piece to Kate Fay. It, it, it's just Scorsese just having a lot of fun with like a gothic cinema. It's fucking magnificent, and there is a fucking twist. That is true. Question mark. Yes. When you say there's not a twist, is it because you just know from the start, like you're smarter than the film? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> um, it's not a twist because literally two or three characters in the movie tell you what's going on. The movie tells you what's going on. So do you think Scorsese... Jackie O'Hare explains it all. Yeah, no, he does. Agreed. No. No, agreed, he does. But do you think the film thinks that you know that DiCaprio is the character that he is all along? Yeah, I I think the film thinks you know that that there's something not right and that he is... Ah, but there's something not right. Yes, there's something not right, but that Teddy Daniels is actually uh, Andrew uh, Ledis, Ledis, or, or whoever it is. But yeah, no, nah, I, 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 I think the film makes that painfully obvious. Nah, I, I think it, it unfolds gradually. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not in agreement on that. But that, I, it definitely isn't me thinking I'm smart than Scorsese because I'm not. Because I, I, I didn't, I didn't know. Bex? No, I didn't know. No. So, the, I mean... The, 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 the job of building up the creepy island, that you're more concentrating on that than looking for twists. And, I, I, I mean, it's the whole kind of like the, 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 the bit where he's talking to Patricia Clarkson in the cave and talking about, like, kind of the wild conspiracy theories. And obviously, like, Ruffalo is like get like egging him on with these theories to try and really reach him to a point. But in the moment it's, do you know what? This shit doesn't make any sense. Does it? You know, it, it that's, that's interesting that you, so you honestly think that the film is saying all along this, this is obvious. This is what's happening. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. We need to do a commentary of Shutter Island. <laughs> I'm down for that. I'm down for that. All right, that's gonna. No, I, I honestly, I think that's gonna be. I think that's gonna be a Patreon thing. We're gonna do a commentary of Shutter Island, and we're gonna get into it. Excellent. I will say that film is more of a fucking horror film than most horror films these days. I oh. forgot how fucking disturbing that film is. Yeah, it is. It is. The, 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of very disturbing imagery in relation to um, Michelle Williams' character. Yeah. In, in that um, score is fantastic as well. It is. Uh, well, to be to be uh, like just to be a dick because that, that's kind of my role tonight. It's not a score. It's not it's a score, all it? music from other films. It's all music from other films, isn't it? And that, that's. The particular type piece of music is, oh, fuck, what is it? It's one that's been used in quite a lot of films, isn't it? Are you talking that dun, dun, or the um, the kind of the, because the, the scene I like is the kind of more gentle theme that plays a couple of times I'll through the film. Which one it is well, while you're talking about it. It's kind of heartbreaking film. Mm. Yeah, it is. It's horrible. 
like that that the kind of like the flashback scene of what actually happened yeah is just oh fuck it's horrible just like the 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 ending where he where he opts to obviously disappear into his own head oh man yeah and the 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 fucking the the reaction that ruffalo has at the end where he twigs and then he's he's kind of going after him but also like it's gonna happen yeah like he knows he's accepted it so it's like he kind of wants to do something but he knows it's not gonna have an effect can't find which piece of music it is that otherwise if i will reference it when we do our commentary it's brilliant when we're doing it oh this is the one i like that's the one yeah fucking yeah that's a gorgeous bit of music max richter on the nature of daylight it's a cracking film that's that's what yeah that's what i thought it was yeah it's been used in quite a few things um it's it's a film that i think for some reason at the time it was released it it got a little bit, it went under the radar a little bit too much. Bit, yeah. And it got a little yeah. bit, um, it got kind of, I think, America didn't quite get it. Yeah. I think it was too dark, I think, for American audiences. And over here, I think critics didn't get it. Mm. Um, I remember. Um, Kermode had uh, Matt Ruffalo on and was talking about it yeah. to him and was going about and it, it, it's it's got to say it'd be fun it, it, it's a little bit it, it's like a beamy and it's a bit camera it's like and Ruffalo's going was sort of going nah I don't I don't I, mm, no it's not really it's not that mm. um, I think it, it's one I think in years to come like something like after hours it'll start getting its uh, recognition going forward but it's one where you you very rarely see anybody giving it anything less than a four out of five. Mm. Mm. But I, um, I've got um, posters from my cinema time with the incorrect release date on them. And one day I'm going to try and put them on eBay and see how much I get, just in case there's some sort of fucking random. Even like, to be fair, I want to put one of them up. I'm very mindful of the posters I put up, though, because I got a Mondo Crimson Peak poster, which has been down since Lottie was born. And one day that fucker's going back up. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I think when we come to top films of the decade, that thing was March 2010. Like, well, it was getting pushed back and back and yeah. back. Yeah. Because Paramount couldn't afford to market it. Yeah. And it, I, I, I think that might have been the reason why it, it, it came out under the radar because it should have been released two or three months before for Oscar's contention. Yeah. Then it, it, it's not an Oscar film though. That's the thing. I mean, like the pedigree, if, if it's now it would be, then it wasn't. What I would say there. Mm, I, it's like around silence of the lambs time. I think it would be as well. It was just around that time. I mean, shit, man, it came out in 2010. That was the year that King's speech and social network came out. You know, and it's like, what, what fucking won the Oscar the following year? Fucking King's Speech. So, you know, it, it's, yeah, I you know it wasn't quite that time, but I'm, it, it's shit. It's so fucking good, is Shutter Island. It is so good. Um, but, but, yeah, commentary, and uh, to be honest, I think I'll be talking about it at the end of, at end of the year. 
Yeah, I think I, I, I probably will be as well. Um, and I think that is, yeah, I think that's it. Cool, right. Uh, we have a couple, well, but I'll, I'll do our question that we asked out there, um, which was, uh, stay a simple one. What three comedy films? I've got two responses, probably not more than this. Um, Rick Kidd at Rick J. Kidd, uh, Monty Python's Life of Brian, Gross Point Blank, and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, also, uh, John McGrath um, from the um, his film Her <laughs> Movie podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'll plug that in there. <laughs> You're welcome, John. Uh, he uh, put his down. What's up, Doc? Uh, Doctor Strange, Love, and With and I. Never change, Jordan. Never change. Yeah. That's that. that, that that's three very Jordan shouts. With like one of those movies, I wish I liked more. I think you should give it a rewatch for the growth. Maybe, maybe I should, yeah. I think I think maybe should, yeah. Mm. I, because I don't dislike it. It just I never got it. But then again, I've never not watched it. Hi. So yeah. <laughs> maybe that, that's it. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, Bex, top three comedy movies. Off the top of my head. Well, you've had literally all day. I have been at work. Uh, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, um, Midnight Run and The Burbs. Solid. Fucking hell, yeah man, I'll do. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? Uh, Popstar Never Stop, Never Stopping. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck you. I mean it. Oh, that film's amazing. Um, Anchorman. I don't care. Like that kind of feels like a film that people are going to go. How did people ever like that? I don't. I don't care. I love Lamp. <laughs> difficult. This difficult. 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 Step Brothers. Step Brothers is a very funny movie. Um, mine are um, the Burbs. Best comedy ever made. Um, Big Trouble in Little China. Do you call it a straight up comedy though? Yeah. It's pretty good, mine. Yeah, that, it's a straight up comedy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I love that film. I'd like the poster of that, actually. Yeah. We were talking about posters. Yeah. yeah, and uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, that had to be done, didn't it? Yeah, had to be. Hot Tub Time Machine had to get in there. Because it um, it's a fucking masterpiece. And to be fair, the cultural legacy of Hot Type Time Machine has been quite something. I mean, this year alone, it's been referenced in both Lego Movie 2 and Avengers Endgame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had such a smile when it got mentioned in that. Such a smile. Uh, I have one question, but it's a good question. Rick Kidd, at Rick J. Kidd. As it's mid-year, what are your top five films of 2019? Yeah, we've been, we've been bad. We usually... Do a section on this, don't we? You should do, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I saw that question had been asked. I just have not had time today to put a list together, and I don't want to half-ass it. So can I do mine for next week? You can do yours for next week, yeah. Okay. I, I, I can do mine. Have you got yours here? Yeah. Five. Yeah. Happy death day to you. Nice. I fucking mean that. I, I'll be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if it's out of the top ten by the end of the year. But I'm really, really glad that it's in there now. That film is a fucking treat. Um, <laughs> number number four, Us. Yep. Um, you know, 
I didn't drink the, the Get Out Kool-Aid. I'm drinking the Us Kool-Aid. I'm looking forward to a rewatch of that. Sorry, Noel. Uh, my number three, Burning. I'm very much looking forward to you to you two guys watching that for end of year stuff. I, that's a conversation. Yeah, number nice. two, John Wick Chapter Three. Yeah. My number one is the film that made me feel everything. If Beale Street could talk. Ah, oh, that's, that's, that's the end. That's got this this year actually. Yeah. Uh, um, right, mine. Uh, number five, um, Rolling Thunder Review. Uh, uh, number four, uh, Long Shot. That's a good choice. That was nearly there for me. Uh, number three is I'm, I'm trying to work out placings here. <laughs> uh, number three is uh, Midnight is. Uh, number two is John Wick three. <laughs> uh, and number one is Velvet Buzzsaw and I've actually left one out because I forgot about it so actually one of those might have to come out what's the other one? Um, Under the Silver Lake <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah, yeah. Silver Lake might be like my number two but it might not be locking, locking long shot out so yeah so I've got six there six in your top five six in my top five excellent and Under the Silver Lake hasn't quite found its place yet but I love that movie. Yeah. And I didn't think I would, but I really did love that movie. Uh, yeah, so what are we covering next week, Ian? Um, what we do in the shadows. Well, yeah, we'll do what we do in the shadows. So, yeah, a bit of a choice, isn't it? Um, we've got The Dead Don't Die. We've got Stuber. Yeah. We've got Annabelle Comes Home. We're definitely doing that one. Yeah, I mean Annabelle comes home just feels strictly in the in the wheelhouse. Yeah, is then don't die playing York? I'll have a look. I'm um I'm I'm going to the Kubrick exhibition at the London Design Museum on Sunday as well, so I'll probably talk about that. Um, the dead don't die is playing York, yes. I'm so. I, I'm, I'm honestly hoping to catch Stuber as well, but I'm, I'm thinking Dead Don't Die and Annabelle Comes Home. Yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah. We can make that check with some of the times we can make that work. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to both those. But yeah, Annabelle's a lock. That That is a non negotiable. If you tried to if you tried to say we had to pick one and it wasn't with that, I'd have punched you in that. No, we can't. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I'm more than happy with that. If if you guys can only do one, then Annabelle comes home. That's all good. Oh, I've checked it. We can we can do both. It starts at 15, isn't it? Uh, I'm not. Yes, 15. Yeah. Yeah, you must come on Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dice 15 as well. Take her to that. That would be quite quite close to that one. Yeah. Really? Yeah, she's too much a dick. She's a dick. She's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, Right, so that was episode 308. Um, I think we went quite long on that one as well, didn't we? Hmm. Oh, well. Good. 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 Good.
Hate it. Do a bit. Uh, so yeah, you can check it out on Instagram, uh, Film Bastards. You can check it out on Twitter at BexyFoz, at DoFoz, at Ian Loring. You can check us out on Patreon, Patreon slash Film Bastards. Uh, yeah, so there you go. Check us out on those motherfucking places, motherfuckers. Um, and we shall speak to you next week. Thank you very much, Becky. Thank you very much, Ian. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.